Friends, you know, racism has existed in human society for thousands and thousands of, of years. It goes all the way back to the origins of humankind, really, when you look at it. People have hated each other and categorized each other and looked down on each other and felt you're better than other people. I mean, racism and all the all of the things that go along with it have been in our society and in our lives forever. I went online the other day and I wanted to look up what the official definition of racism was. And here's what it said. Racism is the belief that groups of humans possess different behavioral traits corresponding to physical appearance and can be divided based on superiority of one race over another. What, what's it saying? It's basically saying that you can look at another person and you can automatically know what types of behavioral traits that individual will have uh, just based on their ethnicity or their color, the way they look or the way they act or talk or something. You know, but it's, it's, it's judging people without knowing them. And it's been going on forever and ever and ever. Racism also means that there's prejudice involved. There's discrimination and all kinds of antagonism. And it's all directed against other people because they're different in their race or ethnicity. You know, religion over the, over the centuries hasn't really done a whole lot to help with the problem of racism in the world. You know, during the 16th and 17th centuries, the religious system, you know, there were several uh, issues that they were wrestling with when it came to people of color, uh, as well as American Native Indians. And, you know, the religious system was debating on whether or not these individuals had a soul and whether or not they were actually even human beings, whether or not they even deserved or could understand what it meant to be saved or to have a relationship with God. So the religious system didn't do a whole lot of help, didn't make things better either. But later on, as, as Christianity started to, you know, invade, so to speak, you know, those different groups of people, people were starting to be converted. And the religious leaders and the religious system started to understand, wait a minute, these are people that can understand. These are people that have, you know, a soul. These are people that, you know, God is offering forgiveness to also, just like the rest of us. Now, Let's jump ahead a little bit to, you know, South Carolina and, you know, the economy down in, in the South 100 years ago. And, and it was a slave-based society. The economy down there was totally slave-based. That's what it was built upon was all of this, you know, slave labor and free labor, if you will. And it necessitated this racism that existed down there, this this racist economy, it necessitated the aspect that we had to keep it going, keep the people enslaved, keep the people working for us. And, and it just kept going on and on and on. It actually led to the point to where in the South, there were, they were coming up with all kinds of biological, zoological, as well as botanical aspects and theories to these individual human beings and their existence 
that was justified slavery. I mean, they were really reaching, <laughs> they were really stretching out here. They were really reaching for the stars, trying to come up with, with reasoning that they were doing these people a favor by enslaving them, really. You know, well, they can't take care of themselves. They're not smart enough to do anything, you know, or they have a business of their own or to support themselves and their family. So if they work for me, you know, and I'm taking care of their needs and, you know, overall it's better. They were doing everything they could to justify, you know, the racism and the slavery that was going on during those times. This is Alice, and Alice is a African-American woman who came from a plantation down in Savannah, Georgia. Alice did not know her name. My uh, mom's family gave her the name of Alice since she didn't know who she was. She didn't know her first name, middle name, last name. She didn't know what year she was born, where she was born. She had no idea how many family members she had. Um, she she didn't know anything. She was coming right out of a slave uh, plantation type of setting where she had no real life of her own. And she was she had worked on that plantation for many, many years. And then one day she left the plantation for some reason we don't really know. And she came to work for my mom's, uh, her, her parents' uh, family business in Savannah, Georgia. My mom's mother was a nurse, and her dad uh, operated this fix-it shop that you see in the picture here where Alice, and that's, her, that's my mom that uh, Alice is holding, uh, but they're standing in front of this little fix-it shop. When Alice came to work for the family, it was more than just a job. It was more than just some you know, African-American woman coming out of a plantation who didn't have any special skills, couldn't even read or write, didn't even know who she was. Uh, it wasn't just the family doing something wonderful, bringing this woman in to live with them and to care for them. Uh, it was a two-way street all the way. I remember my mom telling me what a blessing it was to have Alice as a part of their family, that she was truly a remarkable woman, truly loved dearly, by all of the family members, and they loved her, and, and she loved them. One day, my mom told me that after Alice had come to work for the family after several years, both of my mom's parents uh, had, had died suddenly and unexpectedly. Her mom was hit by a car walking uh, to a hospital to go to work one day, and I'm not sure what happened to her dad, but he died. And the family was left there with no one to care for them. You know, it wasn't like today where you have all kinds of government agencies and things going on, you know, and the communication being instantaneous and all that. But back then it was a much different world. And Alice was faced with this situation where here's this group of kids that she was hired to bring in or come, came in and to work with and to care for and, and to be a part of this family. And all of a sudden, the mom and dad were gone. And Alice had to make some serious choices. Do I move on? Do I go somewhere else? Do I call in authorities? Uh, do I take care of these kids? What do I do? Well, Alice made the choice to take care of the kids. And she did that on her own. 
She wasn't being paid for it. She didn't do it under somebody else's direction or anything of that nature. She made her own personal choice to take care of these kids during this, this really desperate situation. My mom told me that uh, it was a little while afterward that um, one night there was a huge commotion out in front of their little home with their business. And my mom got out of bed and went over to the window to look and see what all the commotion was. And she said when she got there to the window, well, it was nighttime and she said there was a cross burning in their front yard and that there were people out there dressed in white. And Alice assured the kids, it's okay. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Please go back to bed. Now, what happened after that, I don't know. But I know that Alice continued to care for my mom and her siblings. And, and Alice continued to do that until another time when they were taken care of by other family members and they left Savannah and went to live with other people. But my mom told me that this was really a, a very difficult time for all of them. The interesting thing here is that, you know, Alice looked at these kids. She looked at the racism that she lived within, and she still chose to do the right thing, to care for these kids that were scared to death. They had no mom now. They had no dad. And, you know, what are they going to do for food? And, you know, Alice was right there. It's okay. It's okay. Go back to bed. It's going to be okay. You know, if Alice was here, I think she would tell us that all people are of sacred worth to God. All people. God doesn't see color. God doesn't see ethnicity. What God sees is a heart and a heart of, from people that love him or they don't love him. Care for him or they don't care for him. Love others or they don't love others. God looks at the heart. Let me share with you a couple of scriptures I think are, are really important to understand. The first one comes out of the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament from chapter 10. And it says this. It said, God cares about people regardless of their ethnicity, their nationality, or their social status. God simply doesn't care. And if you look at the book of Acts in chapter 10, that says God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. That's what's important to God. To understand that he is a God of love, true, but he's also a God of justice. And he's also a God who calls people all of us, regardless of who we are, to do what's right and holy and perfect before him. If you look at the book of James, it says in chapter 2, it says, If you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. The only reason I bring that up is, you know, we have this, this really it's an unbelievable fault where we look at other people and we judge them and we show favoritism to one person over another one. And that's not God's way. That was not the way of Alice. Certainly if she was going to show favoritism to anyone during those moments when the parents were lost 
and she had to fight all the opposition that she did, it would have been to herself. And she'd have got out, you know, I'm out of here. But she didn't do that. She did not do that. Today, racism, though, and the issues that we face surrounding racism are just all through our thoughts and all through the culture. We see people passing legislation and demonstrating in the streets and tearing down statues and giving speeches and, and instituting civil rights campaigns and all of these types of things to try and resolve the issue of racism. Friends, I, I, th I think the idea of racism is one that we can get over. I think it's, it's, a, it's an issue in our humanity that we can put behind us. But I also think that the real solution to racism, and listen to what I'm saying, the real solution to racism is a true and an open and an honest relationship with Jesus. You see, in this series, we're going to be looking at people like Alice that have chosen to live according to the statutes of God, have chosen to love people regardless of their ethnicity or their background or anything else. They're doing their best. They're choosing to live according to God's law and to live the same way that Jesus lived when he was here on the earth and to follow his example. You see, I honestly believe that if people loved each other the same way that Jesus loved people, we wouldn't have any of these issues that we face today we fight with today these things that divide us today I want to remind you that Alice did not have to do what she did it would have been perfectly acceptable perfectly normal if she had gone to whoever whatever authority that was was present and said here's the situation here are the kids you know then you know I'll go ahead and move on but she didn't do that she was there for them when they needed her she was there for them when they needed her tremendously. She was there for them even in the, in the face of her own discomfort and persecution. Even with all of the, the anxieties and all of the, the pushback that she was experiencing for being an African-American slave woman coming off of a plantation, taking care of this group of young white kids in Savannah, Georgia. I can't imagine the ob obstacles that Alice must have put up with. You know, friends, she did this because of her nature and her character. Alice was a good, God-fearing, lovely woman. Yes, she had some bad breaks in life. She really did. And she experienced things that I'll never understand. I'll never comprehend in my lifetime. But from Alice's life, through the conversations I've had with my mom, it's helped me to understand to a deeper degree what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be a lover of God and to follow God's ways and his statutes to try and emulate the way Jesus lived his life caring for people, seeing the value and the worth that God has put into each and every single person. So in this series, and I'm going to invite you to, to come back next week as we look at this series titled Alice 
and we look at individuals who chose to love like God and not to give in to the evils of racism that we have in the world today. Friends, thank you, and God bless, and I'll see you next Sunday. Take care.